How's it going, guys? Welcome back to your favorite podcast. Your usual host, myself, Grayson Fisher, with me, Zach Watts. Today's guest on episode 85, outfielder for the Campbell Campbell Camels, Mr. Drew Winters. Drew, how's it going, brother? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing yeah. awesome, man. So, actually, if you guys that don't know, we met Drew this summer because Zach and I interned for the West Palm Beach Knights in the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League. And Drew was on the team. And, yeah, that was pretty much how that went, you know. How, how, how was your experience with that, Drew? It was a good time. You know, I mean, you get to play a lot of games. So, so that's warm weather and not really what I'm used to, but uh, pretty good time. How did you How did you find out about the, the South Florida – what is it? South Florida Collegiate – yeah, SFCBO. Uh, well, so we had um, – I don't know. You know who Cedric Mullins is, right? Yeah, he's the outfielder for the Orioles so, racing. Yeah, he went to uh, – he plays for the Orioles now, all-star, and he was here at Campbell, and he went down there. And then also Zach Neto, who was recent first-round draft pick this last year, he was down there as well. So uh, kind of heard about it a little bit, and then I uh, got in touch with one of the coaches down there and just kind of signed me up all within about a week. So Damn. that's basically how it works. <laughs> now – so where is Campbell at exactly? It's in North Carolina, Boone, North Carolina. I think it's uh no, Boone's where uh, Appalachian State Appalachia, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're like forty minutes away from Raleigh, so it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. Yeah, I have a I know a bunch of kids that wrestle there because they got it. They have a yeah. really good Florida pipeline. Do you know you know any of the wrestlers? Uh, I know I don't really know them that well, but I mean I know who they are on campus. Yeah, yeah, Shannon, her one forty-one pounder, Shannon Hannah. That's like one of my like really close friends. Like yeah. I, I wrestled with them in high school and stuff. But um, but yeah, that's how I knew about Campbell because they recruit like everyone in Florida. Um, yeah. but yeah, back they're, to they're the, pretty good. We went and watched them in that UFC. Uh, you see that UFC? Thing yeah, there? that that was sick. Yeah, that we went and watched sick. that as a team. It was pretty cool. You know about that, Zach? No, I do not. I'm kind of interested to hear about the it. The opening. For college wrestling this year it was a three-way duel between Campbell, North Carolina, and Michigan. And they did it at the North Carolina. I don't know what, what exactly. It was uh, Fort Bragg. The Fort Bragg Air Force Base. They did it in the hangar. Oh, I did hear about this. Yeah. Yeah, Damn. it was sick. And uh Shannon, I actually I was talking to Shannon about it when he was in uh when he was in Tampa this past uh winter break, but it started like raining. And the pictures they they had to like pause it to move everything and close the hangers when it was raining. But the pictures they got from them when it was raining are some of the coldest pictures ever, dude. It was so cold. Yeah. Um. Speaking of cold and the weather, Drew, you talked about the weather being a little bit warmer down here in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy finally getting to play baseball warmer weather, or do you feel like you're better off in colder environments? Oh well, that was one of my like biggest things when I was gonna go where. Uh... After junior college, where I was going to go, I wanted to go to the south, so somewhere a little bit warmer because I'm, you know, I'm from Illinois, so it's pretty shitty weather for a good portion of the year. So that was, you know, kind of really important to me because I feel like I play better in warmer weather. But I mean, I don't really know if it makes a difference or not. But I'd always prefer it to be warm at least. I wouldn't yeah, even now. call this summer warm though. That shit was fucking hot as balls, yeah, dude. It was very humid. I mean, the, it, it's humid here, but it was nothing like it was there. I mean, it was like 100 degrees. and it was just... Now, obviously, you were playing in the games, but there was times Zach and I, like, we're, we're in that little fucking, what's it called? Uh, cubicle. Yeah, the, we're in that little cubicle thing, and the AC doesn't even work. It's just a fan. 
So it's just blowing hot air at us while we're freaking commentating y'all's games. And we're in there just sweat. I remember I would like have to take my shirt off. So I was just drenched. And I was like, I can't even imagine how they're playing in this game right now. And, the, and like you guys in the outfield are just sitting out there like, oh my God, this double header games. You guys are like, fuck. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal yeah. for sure. I mean, definitely gets you ready for end season, I suppose. But where is uh, what conference is Campbell in? Because I know so we're, most... we're in the uh, Big South Conference, and the next year we're going to move to the CAA, which okay. has some teams in it. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of UNCW. Yeah. Um, Elon. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's, I don't really remember. Call to Charleston, I believe. I think that's where Garrett Murray's going, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I don't know. There's some other ones that I'm probably, I'm forgetting. But now, who's, you... who's in your conference now? Right now, we got a lot of like really small mid majors. It's like uh, Longwood. We just played Longwood. We got Presbyterian, um, you and or uh, Upstate. So you guys just run that conference, basically. Uh, we have for a few years, but yeah. yeah. I was looking, y'all are ranked eleventh in the country right now. Yeah, I know. Are y'all still? Uh, are y'all still up there in the rankings for uh, home runs nationally? Because I know last time I checked, y'all were still like top 10 top five uh team home runs um i don't really know what we are but i mean i assume we're probably top 10 maybe yeah we kind of cool off a little bit hitting wise lately so i don't really know but yeah i mean i'm assuming we're top 20 at least yeah because i mean at the beginning of the year i would check up with most of the stats and every other game it seemed like y'all were launching like two three even four home runs a game like with ease and i was like i don't know whether y'all haven't gotten into conference play yet i don't know if y'all are just hot but it just seems like y'all run to things. But, you know, you brought up Garrick Murray for a little bit. Have you stayed in contact with anyone else uh, from the summer team? Uh, I've talked to Tyler Cox a little bit. Not much recently, but just kind of like Snapchat him every now and then or whatever. And then, um, I mean, we'll send some stuff in the group every now and then, just kind of shoot it or whatever. But no, yeah. I haven't really talked to a lot of them at the moment. Went out to the bars with Tyler Cox, uh, probably a couple months ago. I got really drunk. I started making fun of Shanahan's swing. That video oh. in the group chat. Oh. Yeah, it was all love, though. I like Luke. He's a goofy kid. Yeah, I will say one of my favorite part from the summer league was some of the walk up songs you guys have for this year. Now, is your walk up song you used for summer ball the same you use in season? No, it was last year though. I it was last year, and then I, it was the same for summer, and then I switched it. It was going to cut you different. down, right? Yeah, that's yeah, so hard. Yeah, what are you what are you using this year? Um, it's kind of funny because it was my one in junior college, but I did it kind of as a joke. It was uh, Arkansas by Chris Stapleton. And it was a super lame joke. It was like an inside thing with one of my buddy on uh, my junior college team. We would just get like when we'd have days off and we'd drink or whatever, and we just all look at each other and be like, let's play Arkansas. And so I, I made up my walk-up song. And then it was supposed to be my second one when I was in junior college, so it was really never supposed to play that much. But for some reason, they made it my main one. So it played like every single time it came to bat. So I just – I made it that this year. <laughs> now, was there a particular reason you went the Juco route? Because, I mean, like you were the Illinois player of the year. You had phenomenal stats. I mean – Batted almost 500, 29 home runs, 170 RBIs, and 72 stolen bases. Four-time All-State, named IHSBCA Player of the Year. In 
player of the year, small school player of the year. Was there like a reason you chose to go the JUCO route, or was that like the only thing on your? Um, favorite? I mean, honestly, my first two years of high school, I got injured. So during like the recruiting process, I couldn't really even get out there and do anything. And then like when I was like finally healthy, I I played eighteen U. And they don't really recruit 18U too much because most of them are already committed. Mm-hmm. So I, I just kind of went under the radar for a while. And then uh, I was about to commit actually to a local junior college. And then one of uh, the coaches for John A. Logan re- uh, reached out and I went down there and did a camp. And then they offered me and I just committed right away. But, yeah, I was just kind of like unrecruited, to be honest. Yeah, I mean – I feel like that's pretty typical of baseball. Though. There's just so many schools that have like what 25 man rosters, even in high school. So it's not the easiest mm-hmm. thing. But I feel like what sucks about know, baseball too is there's so many kids that play baseball. Oh yeah, yeah that's what makes it hard to recruit. Also, is just like so like it's there's so many like the options are unlimited. Yeah, yeah. No. I don't attend like the big time like like the big time like freaking tournaments and all that. I didn't see. I don't know. I just didn't do it really. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like another big thing that I didn't really like about recruiting in baseball is, is you like they kind of made it seem like you had to go to like these perfect game tournaments and pay like an excess of money just to have schools even like look in your general direction just so they could put your stats up on a website. So like I feel like in some sense, like unless you were like the cream of the crop and talent, like you weren't even getting like found per se. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what when you did end up going the JUCO route, what do you think helped you the most in finding Campbell? Like, was it a change in your approach? Do you think you just hit the weights a little more? What kind of, like, benefited you the most from JUCO? Uh, I mean, honestly, I didn't really – so my freshman year I got there and uh, I just kind of just played my game, really. I kind of changed my swing a little bit, and I don't know. I think it helped. I don't really know if it made a difference or not, but I made some adjustments – and uh, I just played well. Uh, I could have left after my freshman year, but I told the coaches I'm here for the long run because I just wanted I wanted to play there. And then uh, to get to Campbell, really, I just kind of like told my coaches I want to go somewhere that were, where they win because I mean I've never been on a losing team in my entire life, and I don't ever plan to be. So I just hooked up with Campbell. They gave me pretty good a uh, pretty good offer, and now we're tenth in the country. So. Or 11th or whatever so i mean it worked yeah. out pretty well how did you how was your juco experience overall because i feel like when i talk to kids about juco it's either like the worst thing they ever did in their life or it's the best i never really hear like a middle ground on it <laughs> oh it was great i, I loved it because i mean the junior college i went to was like a really really good one like a good ball like good team they got good good facilities really nice field i mean you live like right next to the field so you can go over there whenever you want uh good weather for some reason, Southern Illinois has better weather than where I live in Illinois, like right in the middle. Uh, so it was good weather. Uh, it was kind of in a perfect spot for like recruiting purposes and stuff like that. And then, so it was a it was a really good time. My freshman year actually COVID happened, so that sucked. We I mean, we were the number one team in the country, so it kind of you know hurt a little bit. But overall, it was I had a great time. I'd recommend it to at least going to John A to anybody, to be honest. Yeah, because you still got you got this year and then one more year left, or you have two more years of eligibility. I got this year and then uh, next year. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, plenty of time to keep on. Yeah, so, you know, you're walking around right now. You're number 11 team in the country. Do you feel like when you go out there and play other teams right now they're, that other teams are giving you the best or they're giving you the respect or you just feel like it's another day at the office kind of deal? 
Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, <laughs> kind of funny. Like, in our conference play, you know, we're the team to beat, clearly. And when you play out of conference games even, you know, you're the, you have a target on your back. You're the number 11 team in the country, basically. So, like, you know, they're going to give you your best shot. They're going to throw their best. They might not always throw their best guys, but in the midweeks at least. But they're going to throw everything at you to win that they possibly can because, I mean, that's a kind of a big deal to knock off a team that's, you know, doing really well. So, yeah, we get everybody's best for the most part. Now, what are the- sorry, culture-wise, how are you guys approaching this? Because, I mean, like, I, listen, I don't know too much about Campbell baseball, but I'm assuming this is one of, like, the best seasons, you know, maybe ever in school history. Are you guys kind of just, like, going with the flow of things and, like, you know, just it's another day in the office? Or is it something, like, you know, you guys are like, we really – like, how, how are you guys approaching it? How are you guys feeling about it? Like, is, is the pressure on you guys? You guys just – it's just another day, it's another number. You know, honestly, it, it's not, it doesn't really feel like we are, to be honest. Like, it's weird because, I mean, we've never done this as a school. And I don't know, I kind of – it's kind of just like another day every single day. It's same grind, you know. I mean, sounds cliche and everything, but it doesn't really feel any different. And uh, I don't know, I think we handle our business pretty well when it comes to not letting that bother us. I mean, I don't even think anybody really thinks about it. We see it on Monday, and that's about as far as it gets, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you're showing up to games, you know, sometimes around the school, like rumors go around, like you start to hear like, oh, the baseball team is doing really well. Do you feel like the support at games has been better? Like fans are showing up more in the stands. Like I'm not too familiar with how many guys you usually have show out uh, to support you guys, but I assume it has to be like pretty decent, especially this time around. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helps to have a good ball team to be able to, you know, attract fans and everything. But we do a lot of stuff. Other, like we did fireworks sometimes after the games, like some promo stuff like giveaways and everything that kind of, I think that might attract some, I don't know, but overall, I mean, I think it's been pretty consistently the same amount, whether we're winning or losing, to be honest, which is, you know, pretty cool. But yeah, I think we have, I don't know what we average, but I know we've been over the thousands a couple of times this year. And I mean, for a small, small school and a small, uh, pretty small town, it's, uh, it's pretty good for, uh, you know, what we got to work with around. Yeah, I've always heard that the Campbell Athletics, like, the they get good support. Like, even the wrestling matches, they have a good amount of people there. The football team is pretty nice, too, for an FCS program. Yeah, they, they got I some – uh, I know they got some pretty good players. I mean, on the come up. Yeah, Cam- Campbell University, baby. The Campbells. It's a Wednesday. Talking about hump day, Campbells. You know, everything is lined up perfectly. Now, right. now – I'm assuming you've been to some Campbell football games. What's kind of like that environment like? Because I haven't been to I've been to some D three football games, and it kind of feels like just a step above high school. Do you, do you still feel like you're getting that? Well, sorry, it depends what D three you go to though. Because I went on a visit to Mount Union, and that D three football game did not feel like a high school game. Yeah. I mean, could be uh, like I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's football. You know, it's there's always a little bit of there's one game a week. There's hype around every single game, so. It's pretty basic. I mean, I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, we're on a dry campus, so you can't really tailgate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that kind of affects some things. But, yeah, they got some pretty decent turnouts. Did you know it was a dry campus before you went to Campbell? No. Had no idea? Then I never even came on. I never didn't even... tell Drew that. <laughs> I never uh, actually came on a visit, to be honest. I because uh, of COVID, they it wasn't allowed. So um, I just kind of joined on a Facetime call, and then you know 
that was basically all it was, and I signed up pretty much right away. How was like- uh, the recruitment process during COVID? Because we just had on um, – you sat on two brothers that both committed to a school during COVID too, and they were, like, talking about how they had, like, virtual, like, tours of the campus. And, like, uh, the one kid that committed to Rutgers, the coach just, like, put the phone here and walked around the school and, like, the <laughs> weight room and stuff. Like, what, yeah, that's basically was how it was to me. I, it was uh, – we had a different recruiting coordinator at the, t- uh, coordinator at the time. He's actually at Vanderbilt now. But, um, yeah, he just kind of walked around with a phone in his hand and just showed me some stuff. And, I mean, it looked – I mean, I was at a junior college, so, like, you know, it looked up to part of me, like, mm-hmm. fine with me. I mean, it wasn't my biggest concern. I just wanted to win, so <laughs> I just kind of came. Yeah. How are the facilities? I know y'all's uniforms. They're nice. Yeah. Yeah, they're nice. We got a really nice field. We got a nice little hitting center, um, weight room. We got a great locker room. <laughs> like a little field zone type thing. Basically everything everybody else has, you know, like we're not cheated uh, in any ways. Yeah. So what's – now, I'm not too familiar with the coaching staff at Campbell, but when you first got there, did you already have a good relationship with the coaches or how did that kind of like build up? Because I have to assume now that you're pretty tight with not only the team mm-hmm. but the coaching staff there. Yeah, well, I mean, during COVID it was it was diff- – it was kind of – it was different because I didn't get to meet them in person, you know. So I just kind of went out on a limb with my coaching staff at junior college. Said like, "Hey, they're good dudes, you know. There's good development and everything." And then once I got here, yeah, it was, uh, you know, they were telling the truth. It's a good coaching staff. They, you know, take a lot of time out of their day to make us better. So, no, was Definitely, Campbell uh, was Campbell the only school I was talking to you when you went uh, out of JUCO, or did you have some options? Uh, I, I committed really early in in the my sophomore year. I had some other ones I like. Uh, Middle Tennessee. Uh, I had Wright State my freshman year, and they were talking to me my sophomore year. So I some mid majors, yeah. basically, and then they offered, and I just committed. So I mean, I might, I probably was, I was going to get more, but I mean, yeah. who knows? Yeah. What was it about Campbell specifically? Because you know, you said it was during COVID stuff. Like that made you want to jump the gun so fast on them. Well, they kind of offered me. They offered me, you know, like a good amount of, uh, you know money they uh, kind of a part uh offer i couldn't pass up and also yeah. coming from a team that goes to the playoffs pretty consistently it's pretty tough to pass up so and they also said like you know we want to go to omaha and for me that was kind of like yeah i want to i want to do that so have you ever been to omaha like if you have because i know i went to the college world series um i think back in 2012 20, the year uh coastal carolina won it all and you were there for that yeah i would do that was, was that? that was by far one of the most insane experiences by the way even though it's in the middle of bfe uh i think it's in iowa or like maybe our hotel was nebraska. in iowa yeah we were in we were, our hotel was in iowa and we drove over to nebraska but there are so many babes out there for no reason like i don't know if they just all like flock in for the college world series but it is the most insane thing ever and the fact that it's like creighton's baseball field i believe like they just play in it and then they're like yeah we'll probably never make it so we're just gonna let eight teams play on it for the college world series like dude if you ever get to experience that enjoy every second of it i want to go back so bad only thing i will say though it was 103 degrees dry heat so like it wasn't like that florida humidity where like it just feels like heavy. Like it's just like if you're not in the shade, you're getting beaten down. So I mm. could see I could see Nebraska having some like 
cute little farm girls, you know? No, 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 I, no, no. I don't no. know about the volume, but. No, okay, here's the thing. We're not talking about, like, Cornhusker girls, like, coming out, like, just to show out. It was literally, yeah. like, Southern Bells from, like, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, like, just making the trip up there to watch, like, guys play baseball. It was it felt like they had like flown them in purposely. Like that's kind of like deal you got to get. It, it was. Hey, what you know about all boys? <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like, we normally don't have anything to offer, but we're going to give you something while you're here. So that, uh, dude, I don't even know like how thought, to describe I that. You guys are supposed to go our junior senior year as a team too. That not happen. Am I tripping? No, that's what we did. That's what we did. Yeah. But it was like over the summer. Cause like Omaha's in the summer. Yeah, My dad went to Omaha before and he said, it's like, it's really cool because it's this like little town that, that like their whole purpose, like is this baseball tournament, like is, is the finals, like, or, you know, like the, like what's what the college world series. And he's like, it's cool because like the whole town shuts down, like everything they're selling is related to the college world series. Like mm-hmm. and all the newspapers, like it's like a whole, it's like a little town made for baseball. And he's like, and if you love baseball, it's like a super cool experience. And I've never, I've never been, but I'm hoping to uh, hopefully go with Zach um, if Wake Forest makes it, or if if y'all make it too, Drew, it'd be pretty sick. He has yeah. Wake Forest fans. Yeah, his cousin is so, at, at Wake. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, my cousin's a pitcher right now at Wake. But you know, speaking about North the whole Carolina like, rivalry, I forgot about that. Yeah, we, we actually don't even play them. I'm surprised we don't. We play like basically everybody else. Well, I don't know why we don't play them? I'm actually interested because. You know, Wake's like midweek series. They do it with a lot of like they play they play Elon for their midweek games a lot of the time throughout the year. I know they'll play um UNCG just because they're right there in Greensboro and Winston Salem. But more than likely, if you guys are moving conferences next year, you'll probably end up scheduling a midweek against one another. If I'm not wrong, I don't know how far in advance y'all know like scheduling games. I'm assuming they do that in the offseason. No, I have no. I don't know until it comes out. I have no idea what it was on. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, we're on the topic of the College World Series and the whole Omaha thing. Last year, how far did Campbell go? Was it like a regional appearance, super regional? Like so we went, we went to um, we went to the Tennessee regional, which okay. was probably the toughest regional <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Because it was yeah. it was uh, Tennessee. Who? Yeah, I mean, everybody knows about Tennessee. Last year, they were stacked. They were loaded. Notre Dame and Georgia Notre Dame. Tech. Georgia Tech was also there, and they were very, very good. They were, they might. I mean, I don't know who the other two seeds were, but they were as close to a one seed, I think, as we got a guy. Their offense was unbelievable. And then I believe Alabama State was the other one, which I think is a. Uh, they had a good year, so yeah, our regional was definitely like very tough. All right, I'm gonna sound like a freaking dweeb right here, but can you guys break down to me exactly how it works postseason wise? Because I, I'm pretty sure I have a grasp on it, and I always watch it. You know, I always watch it every yeah. year. But, like, I just want to know for sure because it goes regional, super regional, college world series, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, 64 teams, four teams per regional. There is, I think, 16 regionals. Yeah, there's 16 total mm-hmm. regionals, 64 teams. And you have – so you got to – it's double elimination in the regional. So you, you got to win – I mean, you just can't lose two games, basically. And uh, then if you uh, win that, you go to the Super Regional, which is a three-game series. So Do you have to win the region, or is the top two in the region go? You have to win it. So, honestly, yeah. the, the toughest thing to do is win the regional. And then uh, you go to the Super after that, and there's 16 total teams. 
and whoever wins the best, uh, it's the best two out of three. Whoever wins that goes to Omaha, and there's eight teams. Yeah, but yeah. but it doesn't carry over, right? Like if you let's say you lose one game, but you win the regional, that loss. Excuse me, you lose one game, but you win the regional. That loss doesn't carry over to the super regional, and your losses in the super regional don't carry over. No, the series, they right? reset. Yeah. yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, now, if how, you... wait, how do you qualify for that? Is it a con- is there a conference tournament before? Uh, it's pretty similar to um how like the basketball is really. It's like so RPI. Uh, you can get you can if you win your conference tournament outright, you make it no matter what. So and there then, is so there's a conference tournament right before regionals mm-hmm. for all the conferences. Yeah. Okay. The week before it, I believe. I think it's what it was last year. I can't really remember. I don't know, but uh. You win the conference tournament, you auto, you get an automatic bid, so you're automatically in. And then uh, other than that, it's pretty much based off RPI. So you can get – like, I mean, the top 25 teams are pretty much – I mean, they're going to make it. And then from there on, it's, like, similar to how basketball is, like first four in, first four out type deal. And just whoever usually has – there's, like, a committee that comes together and they choose who they think should be in it, I guess. I don't really know, but – now the regional is yeah. randomized, or is it like by location? Uh, I'm not really sure. I don't think, really I think it's the ones host the regionals, right? The ones yeah. in each region the ones, host the region. Yeah, it's at their uh, park, and then yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty regional. I think I'm. I don't. I think ECU East Carolina has hosted like a pretty decent amount of them, and I know we've been in theirs once or twice maybe and then we went to my sophomore year the year before I got here we went to uh Mississippi State and then last year we were at Tennessee so it's I think it's I mean like a North Carolina team they make it they're not going to fly to California and be in a regional like they're gonna it's going to be you know reasonable reasonably close I guess yeah because I at least for what from what I understand, like if you finish as a top four seed in the top twenty five rankings, assuming you win your regional, you're gonna host supers because hosting supers is like majorly advantageous. Well, supers is an alternate location either. It's it's the one seed host that too. Yeah, home field advantage. I think it's, I think it's just the best seed, the best seed of uh, whoever wins the regional. I guess so the like, only I don't really time know how... the only time it's alternate is World Series. And and yeah. then it's only it's only it's at that only field. Omaha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is the softball World Series at the same place? Is it in Omaha? Mm, I, I don't. don't yeah, I don't think it is, dude. If I'm being honest, I think um, the softball World Series. I think they change every year. Oh, really? Um, it's not like the same thing. Th- yeah. So. I'm trying to look this up real quick, but while I'm like kind of looking this up, Drew, you brought up ECU, Mississippi State. Now, from what I know, those are some crazy environments to play at. So I'm kind of curious to see what was like your most insane environment you had the chance to play at. Like it could be like from a fan's perspective, like just like the intensity of the game. Like, what really just like so made last you feel year, the pressure? Last year, um, Last year, the two that stuck out to me, ECU was in the regular season. That was pretty crazy. And then they had like 4,000 fans, which, I mean, I mean, that's not, that's not like insane, but for baseball, that's pretty, that's a pretty good amount. And then pretty solid. for uh, Tennessee, or Tennessee was definitely the craziest. It was, I mean, some of the stuff they were saying to you, it was just foul. Fans or they, players? 
fans. Dude, oh, I remember the Tennessee team last year kind of played the heel, dude. They kind of like accepted the villain role. Yeah, that's how they were. I mean, it worked for them. But uh, yeah, I worked for them to an extent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had them. We had them beat, and then we kind of just lost, lost fuel, and we lost. But yeah, some of the stuff they would say, like any, like I didn't even play that game, and they were like. I remember going down to BP. They let their their student section in early, and I'm pretty sure they were all drunk. Like, oh, yeah. they had to have been. But I was just uh, – they were, like, same. I don't know why I turned around. They said my number. I turned around against my better judgment, I guess, and they just let me have it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Couldn't do nothing. I just had to turn around and just keep walking. Good, good Christian school kids at Campbell. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I thought it was pretty funny. Dude, when I was – uh. Our, like high school spring break chip we went to key west and like one of the things at key west because i played right field at the time and my coach told me he was like there is a long running thing about the people in right field like giving you problems he's like if i see you like interact with them he's like i'm gonna pull you so i was like all right like whatever like i've never had problems with fans like you can just throw it off it was the fucking firefighters would get off duty and they would go to the game and just get shit faced behind right field so the whole game, I'm getting hit with hot dogs and French fries, and they're like telling me to go fuck myself, and I'm literally like, like a, seventeen. <laughs> yeah, I'm like seventeen, just like sitting in the outfield, like all right, man, like whatever, and like they're just like shitting on me, and I'm like my my coach is like eyeing me the entire time. He's like, if you interact with him, he's like, I'm gonna yank your ass. Like I do not care, but I mean, I can only imagine like in college they probably let you have it a whole lot worse because the fact that like they always tell you like even if fans are like shit talking you like you cannot like give them the benefit of the doubt, like knowing you hear them. Cause like that'll, that'll just give them like the leeway to just like have loose. And like, I guarantee you at Tennessee, like they don't have like security or anyone giving a shit about, they're especially SEC, if bro, they don't even give a shit. Yeah. They're just like, let no. me have it. Yeah. That's pretty ruthless. I actually, uh, during that Tennessee game, our uh, right fielder, uh, thought he might've injured himself. So I had to go get loose in the, uh, bullpen and they thought I was coming into pitch. And I mean, I'd throw maybe eighty, maybe <laughs> off the mound, and I was so I was just out there playing catch with their bullpen catcher, and the fans saw me down there, so they ran up to the side of the bull because the bullpen's like right next to the stand, so they ra- they ran right down there and they were just heckling the hell out of me, and they were like, "You're gonna get racked and all this." Like I thought I was coming to pitch, I was like, "Boy, I throw like seventy five, like <laughs> I ain't coming in the pitch, man. I'm just getting my arm loose in case I got to come in the game." Yeah, that was pretty funny though. What would you? I, say? I'm not. I was just gonna say I'm not gonna lie, but like if I heard fans heckling me, like I maybe would have thrown a little bit harder in that bullpen. Like I would have been. Like, <laughs> no, right, no, I, I didn't even care. I, I there ain't much. I ain't got much behind this arm, so I can so really funny. show nothing. I love watching the ECU videos. The, like like their home stadium, them and Ole Miss are probably my favorite ones that come on my I, Alabama. Alabama sometimes too, but I think I think ECU and Ole Miss are my favorite ones when I see like highlights or I'm watching a big game. Their fans are just. Oh, dude, that like that's fun baseball environment, you know. Like their fans are awesome. You know, we had uh, JT Quinn on. He's one of the pitchers for Ole Miss, and he said that that was a big reason he committed there. Was like, you know, mm-hmm. you go on a visit, and then you see like every time a, a run scored or a home run, like the whole out like field behind the outfield is covered in students. Beer you know, shower, it's just, yeah, beer, the beer shower is awesome, dude. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, Drew, what's the worst place you've played at in college? Cool. 
Kaiser the University. One... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No, there was the one field that was like right by, that was right by, uh, that was right by my house, Zach. That little deer field one. The one that my car got hit yeah, by yeah, the foul ball. Yeah, your car got hit by the foul ball. That field was like literally like a, like a freaking like 9U field. Oh, um, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was just rough. Uh, are you talking about like division one fields or just or any yeah yeah like 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 what's we'll go d1 not we even know. field like like overall experience like it could be like anything about it like what was like one time you're like i never want to go back there and play there again i'm just trying to think most of them aren't that bad but uh we played at north carolina a t last year and mm-hmm. It, it's like an old, like a super old, like minor league stadium. Like it's, it's, I think it's called like World War II Memorial or something. And uh, it was just like beat up, like stands beat up. Uh, the outfield had like, like we had to play basically. Like we couldn't, we couldn't charge a ball in the outfield. You just have to like basically be an infielder and like put a knee down and just like let it come to you. Because there's no telling what the outfield is going to do. It's just so bouncy, and yeah, it was pretty rough. But that it also there was like 280 feet down the right field line or something like that. So like we were just putting balls, pop flies out like it was nothing. Yeah, that was probably the, that was probably the worst one though. Yeah. Now, typically, I don't know if, if a lot of D1 schools do this, but you kind of have your like this may even take place uh, in fall. You have like these smaller tournaments where you'll go and play like minor league complexes like have you guys ever done anything like that like, yeah we've done that a couple of times we played um there's one we did last year we uh we've well, done it this year too but last year we played at uh we played charlotte and they were at a minor league team the conference uh championship the conference tournament was held at the i can't remember what it's called but it was held at a minor league stadium and then we played one against ECU this year that was at Segra Stadium, which is actually a really nice stadium. It's, like, pretty brand new. But, yeah, it was it's a pretty cool place. Yeah. Yeah, because when my year at uh, my D3 school, we went to play at the Biscuits minor league stadium. And, like, I remember – There's a like, team called the Biscuits. It's the – I think it's the Rays double-A or single-A Montgomery no Biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Sick mascot, by the way. Uh, Camels is up there for one of my favorite. But the biscuits, it's literally a biscuit with eyes and the mouth opens up and there's a slab of butter in its mouth <laughs> for like a tongue. Like that's just like their logo. But it like it always kind of like felt weird to me because I'm like, why are we going to start our season and like one of the best playing environments we'll ever be at? And then the rest of our <laughs> the rest of our year, we're just going to play on shit fields and just be like completely annoyed with like how the season finishes out. But, I mean, I guess that was just me. Now, playing in North Carolina, you said the weather was – a no, you might have said the weather in southern Illinois was a little bit better than central Illinois. How do you think the weather compares? Because, personally, I could not play in any weather under 50 degrees. And in North Carolina, it felt like it's like 30, 40 degrees every single day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, when I was in high school or, like, just growing up playing, I mean, we'd play games early in the spring and it would be like <laughs> – 30 degrees and it would just be ter- i mean i remember there's there was a game where it snowed we just played through it like just light snow and it sucked but yeah so i don't know it doesn't really snow or anything unless it's like right in the middle of december when you're not playing anyways so 
it was about I think it was like always ten degrees cooler. Basically, that was one of that was one of their like selling points to me whenever they recruited me, even though I was going there anyways, no matter what they said. But uh, they were like, "Yeah, it's usually like ten degrees warmer here than where you live," and I was like, "It works." And it actually was. It's kind of it's weird. It's not even that much more south, and it was just ten degrees warmer, which you was think, nice. But all right, I have a baseball question for both of you guys. When it's freezing cold, is it harder to pitch or is it harder to hit? I don't know. I don't pitch, so I don't really know. But I <laughs> do not enjoy it when it's cold, especially yeah. to get hit. It hurts like hell. So we just had a we had a, my buddy Sam Bennett on. He used to pitch at UPenn, and he's talking about like his first like freezing cold game he ever threw at, and he was like he literally couldn't feel the baseball when he was throwing. He was just trying. He's like he he took out all of his arsenal. And he started throwing fastballs. So he's like he couldn't grip it, and he just started slinging it. Yeah, we played it. We just played a game at a Presbyterian when it was really cold, and I think all of our pitchers' velos were way down. So I mean, yeah. I definitely, I think it's probably worth pitching, hundred percent. I feel like yeah. you'd be at risk of getting injured too, right? Like if you're so cold and you're just slinging it. Yeah, I mean, probably could. <laughs> yeah, when we were at a IMG, that was probably the coldest we had because we had it was like forty degrees, like the only week in Tampa because it was a fall ball game or a fall ball tournament and it's 40 degrees and the wind's blowing like 12, 15 miles an hour. So you have that wind chill and they had to like bring in space heaters and like give the pitchers heating pads because like if you got so cold in between innings that you just like couldn't get warm back up enough to like go back on the field. But to answer your question, Grayson, pitching wise, you really can't just, you really don't even feel your fingers. So it's kind of hard to like get a grip on the baseball. So you're never really not mechanically sound. So you're wild everywhere. But then for hitting, it's just as bad because not only are you going standing out in the outfield or in the infield, freezing your ass off, not moving around, you go to the plate and I bat, I don't know about you, Drew, but I bat it with an alloy bat, not composite. So if you did not hit the sweet spot of the bat, yeah, your, your hands rang for like 10 minutes. Like that's it, it felt like you bat, that's what I'm it. saying. And if it's cold, that shit has to hurt so much more. Yeah. But I mean, like either way, it just like baseball should not be played in the cold. To begin with, like it's just not a cold weather sport, in my opinion. Like I, I can't do it. That's why I'm Florida boy. We'll never leave here. Um, and even like I don't know if your coach does this at Camelodry, but when we had to go for our like six a.m. runs, like if it was if the sun wasn't up yet, I I had to wear like two three layers of clothing. Like I could not stand running in like shorts and a t-shirt. I don't know how kids would go to class without being in a hoodie. Like I don't know if you're walking around campus all the time with a hoodie on just. Sweatpants out, like I, I yeah, no, but it. he's from Illinois and he's in North Carolina. He's like he's chilling. Yeah, I'm pretty used to it, so it doesn't really bother. I mean, I hate the cold, to be honest. Even though I'm in it a lot of the year, whenever I'm at home, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of it at all. But it's not that bad though. Like, it's kind of used to it, even though I hate so, it. Who's your who's your uh, who's your MLB team? The White Sox, Cardinals. Cardinals. Mm. I live about an hour and a half from St. Louis, so it's not a bad little trip to go over there watch a game every now and then. They got uh, Nolan Arenado now, right? Yeah. I'm a big Nolan Arenado guy. Yeah, Nolan, Paul, or Goldsmith. Um, dude, Cardinals are actually pretty stacked. I just no, feel the like Cardinals they're are fire. Yeah, they're fire. Yeah, they're loaded. They're just not playing well. <laughs> yeah, pitching, pitching staff's pretty, rap, pretty bad. Yeah. What about the Rays, dude? The Rays have a home run in every single game this season. Yeah, they're loaded. 
not even really loaded. They just got like players that like fit their needs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like super talent heavy. They just play well together. Yeah. But I'm, dude, the it's pitching, so no, no. The pitching is, is talent heavy. The pitching's filthy. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like the only thing holding the Rays back is management is broke. Like they just refuse to spend money. And then you also have us in St. Pete. Like no one wants to drive an hour over oh, a bridge. Yeah. To watch I agree. A game. Also, like you have one of the best feeder systems in baseball. And then for some reason, you just never pull guys up. Like, well, I, we I do. And then we sell them two years yeah, later. It makes no sense. Yeah. I think who want- the, the, I'm not, I, I look, I, I'm not like super baseball guy, but I know that the, whoever owns the Rays, they own another sports team and they put more, they've, care about that sports team more that's what i've been told and that's why the rays are so underfunded i mean dude when the rays dude when the rays played the dodgers in the world series clayton kershaw made more money himself than the entire starting lineup combined for the rays (laughs) like how how do you expect people to want to play there and like zach said too it's in st pete it's not even in have you ever been to you ever been to tampa uh drew I've never been there, but I've heard the stadium's pretty bad. It's like outdated. It's it's outdated, and it's you have Tampa, which is like a huge population, and then St. Pete's like a little like it's like a little island kind of. It's like on the water. It's like you go over a bridge to go to it, and then they put it there, and then they wonder why their ticket sales suck and why no one goes to their games. It's like no, yeah. like you put it in a place where there's no people, and no one's trying to drive that far to go to Rays games, you know. But the tickets are the tickets, excuse me, are stupid cheap because of that. You can get like ten dollars yeah. at any game. Yeah, crazy cheap. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. I I remember like coming home for a little last year and they were a legitimate playoff team, like contending for a spot. And we're like two months out from playing in the playoffs and you could still go to the game for 10 bucks. Like it, it yeah. isn't until like literally postseason starts where they just like raise ticket prices. And even then, like it's sold out anyway. It's playoff baseball. Like who doesn't want to go to a like playoff baseball game? But Grayson, I think you were referring to the Bucks owner Glazer because he owns Manchester. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. he, you're right. yeah he owns Man U. And so, then what's the excuse for the Rays? Why don't we fucking do something about it? Um, well, he's consistently just a cheap stake. Like he gets sued for like, like he literally just had, uh, not even a year ago, his own minor league system tried to sue him for like, um, improper. I'm trying to read this. Yeah, fraudulent money transfers. Like he was like giving them less money than they were supposed to. Like just like not like purposely just being like, what yeah, jackass, I don't. Dude, what a jackass. Yeah, like, you think you think realistically, Zach, there is any chance that the stadium moves to Tampa? Where? I've been here in Ebor. But where in Ebor? Dude, I'm not the guy. I'm just asking. I'm asking you. You're supposed to be the guy. I mean, yeah. Like, first of all, Drew. If you've never heard of Ebor, uh, Florida, it is the ghetto. Like, yeah, it's a great place to go during the day when the sun's out. Yeah, so if the sun um, goes away, you don't want to be there. Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people die. So, um, but it's not that much better where it is in St. Pete. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I was say it's not like it's like a crazy difference. Yeah, but there's just like no like they've been trying to put it in Ebor just because like it's a like. It's Tampa. It's it's at least Tampa. I'd, I'd call it like a turnstile city. Like you have to drive through there anyway if you want to go through like the major interstates. So like you might as well just like throw it there just because like if people are coming into town, they got to pass the stadium like, oh, let's go to a game. But oh, dude, it's just frustrating as a, as a Tampa sports fan because like the Bucks have one of the best stadiums in the NFL. Like they always are like winning stuff. They're like super nice stadiums, like stuff like that. 
then you have Amelie Arena with a lightning play. Like, super awesome. And then you have the Ray Stadium, which is, like, the exact opposite of everything. And St. You know, yeah, and it's in St. Pete. And then you hear about, like, the, the Red Sox Stadium. You hear about, you know, um, the White Sox Stadium. You hear about the Yankee Stadium. Like, they're all, like, so historic and, like, so cool. And it's, like, it, it's like I feel like that's something that's kind of killing the Rays in a way. Like, that's one thing that's, like, might be, like, holding them back a little. You know what I think screwed them the most? Letting the Yankees have their single single A affiliate right next to the Bucks. The the Rays should have been. I know the Yankees came beforehand, so you really didn't have a chance there. But if the Rays if, stadium was there, oh my gosh! Yeah, how easy would it be to get fans there? Yeah, like easy. Like so many people go to single A games. Like yeah. I could, I could give a rat's ass about single A baseball. But you know, you you pull up to a Tampa Yankee game and they have like a professional environment. Like, I would like, I would go out on a limb. I'd go out on a limb. Don't fact check me. But I go out on a limb and say for a regular season game, like just like a like a midweek game, there's more people at a, at the Tampa Bay Yankees games than there are at the Rays games. Maybe Saturday Sunday. I couldn't say midweek. You think on the you think weekends? Yeah, I've been because they have. I've been to the Tampa Bay Yankees games and sometimes they're popping. Yeah, because. The thing about minor league ball that they do extremely well is they have a lot of event nights to get you to come out, but like their selling point isn't going to be just their players. Like you don't have great guys in single A. Your guys like your prospects are going to be double and triple A. But you know, baseball is like one of the weirdest sports, in my opinion, just because like talent isn't talent isn't the selling point. Like it's so much politics get played into it. Like mm-hmm. Drew. You, you're probably like a good example. That's like, you're literally an Illinois state baseball player of the year. And you know, you weren't recruited by every team in the country coming out of high school. Like even when you're the best in your own state, like it's just so hard for people to just like know who you are unless you're attending tournaments and like people constantly have your, your name in their mouth. So from that, I don't know. I just always think if you're good enough, you'll be found. So thankfully I was eventually, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money that goes into it, especially when you're on the travel teams that, you know, if you're not paying the money, you're not getting – you might not get what you deserve, really, but – Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, with that being said, if you feel you're good enough, you are going to make it. If you had to choose, what major – I mean, you're probably going to say the Cardinals. So, let's say, go yeah, out, outside, outside of the Cardinals. If you were to get drafted, where would you like to go? It's tough. I haven't really looked at uh, – I haven't really looked this year about, like, where the rankings are for, like, developmental type, like, places with good development. Okay. I think the I think the Dodgers are always really good at it. But I think that would be pretty cool, play at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. I mean – A lot of distractions, though, bro, being in L.A. A lot of distractions. No, I mean, there's going to be distractions no matter where you go. Yeah, they're also uh, – I don't know, dude. You're playing in, like – Alabama or like, like Iowa. Alabama, Alabama doesn't have a pro team. Iowa doesn't have a pro team. Uh, Carolina doesn't have a pro team. Or, yeah, yeah, there are a lot. There are a lot of big states that just do not have, um, pro baseball. Like pro baseball. Like you look at California. California has four teams. What but, uh, what organization is the Threshers? Because they're in Clearwater. They're Phillies. They're Phillies yeah. minor league. Yeah. Um. You're always going to see minor league in Arizona and Florida, just because you the can weather. play base. Yeah. You can play baseball here year round. Like I think there's a good amount of minor league baseball teams here in North Carolina. To be honest, I know of I know of three. You have the Charlotte Knights. Um, 
Yeah, we that's where we played. That's when we played when we played in uh we played in Charlotte. Okay, yeah, that's a really nice field. Um yeah. I like their layout a lot. They just I just thought in Florida, I know you have the th- you have <clears throat> the Tampa Bay Yankees, which is like literally like Drew. It's like the Buck Stadium's here, and then there's like the the road and then the Yankee Stadium. Like they're like right, they're literally across the street. <clears throat> you got the Threshers are in Clearwater. I don't know of any other ones. I feel like there's got to be something in Miami, right? Um, oh well, West Palm Beach. Um, coolest place I've ever played at is the Nationals and the Astros have a joint facility. So it's both of their departments are in the same complex and they have like eight to 10 fields, just like all over West Palm Beach. So that's sick. Um, Port St. Lucie, Ray, the Rays. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they also have another team down there. Or no, sorry, Port St. Lucie is the Mets minor league affiliate and they get a ton of shit for how poorly um they treat their minor league system guys no way like the Mets or that that stadium in general um specifically the team so rather than raise their like player salary because I think like for a single a player you're earning like what 15 20k for like in season probably even less than that for some of these guys um but they spent like two three million dollars renovating the dugouts and their spring training facility rather than paying their players and they oh, got right. berated for it. Like, they got massacred. And their ownership was like, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't really give a shit. But there's so many problems with the baseball. Speaking of which problems, Drew, how do you feel about the pitch clock? I know. I don't think. I'm glad, I'm glad we brought this point up because I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. How are you feeling about the pitch clock and some of the rules I've implemented uh, so far? Uh, honestly, I actually kind of like it, to be honest. I just yeah. think, like. Speed, I mean, like being a baseball guy, I don't care how long the game really takes, but I know it is a little bit more enjoyable to watch for most yeah. people, I'd say, with it being a little more fast-paced. But at the same time, like I think there's some rules that probably need to be inserted because it's so like – like for the hitter, it's kind of like – I've seen a lot of weird situations that a lot of people don't even know about or how to address them and – I think it's a it's good, but I mean I don't know. They can probably change some things to make it even better. I think it's going to take some getting used to. Um, I didn't like it at all at first, but it's starting to grow on me a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm the same exact way. At first, I was like, it's stupid. Now I'm just yeah. like, I've actually watched because I watch a lot of the Cardinals games. I've been watching. And I was like, you know, it's actually not bad to watch because it's not just a bunch of stalling for mm-hmm. nothing. And I would say it's fifty fifty with the calls. Um, like like. Good example, the uh Manny Machado the other day, he got he got that third strike. Dude literally took his gloves off and then put them back on, stepped out of the back. Like, dude, like you're wasting time for no reason whatsoever. And then there was uh who was it for the Dodgers that just came back for his first game? He had a standing ovation and they hit him with the the, the pitch clock. Oh, um, no, I didn't even see that. Is it Cody Bellinger? Oh, uh, it probably was. Yeah, I think it was Cody. Um, yeah, did you guys see that? You know what I'm talking about? His first yeah, game back I, of the season, he like gets a standing ovation. And he's like taking the moment in, and, and the umps hit him with a strike. Yeah, I mean, see, that's dumb. There's a lot that's of things. Dumb. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Like, you don't have any exceptions right now. It's like, oh, it's such a hard rule because like you have to be. It's kind of like teaching. Like you know, you you can't be like soft at first and then get stricter as the year, year goes on. You have to be like hard at first on them and I then like you like yeah. you'll 
yeah, you'll like ease up. Like, like there have been times where umpires will stop the game to reset the pitch clock. Like they have signals to reset it. So um, I know Sergio Romo was like retiring for the Giants and they gave him one last inning just to like pitch for them. And he goes out there and he's like thanking the fans ball. And he's like, he's like, I can't even like give like, thanks. Like fuck me, I guess. Right. But I mean, they'll adjust. I'm sure like they'll fix rules here and there. They're already implementing some other dumb rule, rule changes that I've seen thus far. Um, Talk us through them. Elaborate. So I was actually reading this in the Atlantic league. Um, Oh yeah. If a, they're implementing this just for the Atlantic League. If your pitcher doesn't go five innings, you lose your DH. So you oh, have yeah, to. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like, once you, if your pitcher fails to go five innings, you now have to like pinch it every time your DH comes back. Because like essentially the DH lost a spot and the pitcher is put back in there, and like you're not gonna let your fucking pitcher hit because you don't give a shit. So now they just like have to constantly do that. So that's dumb in my opinion. So so basically the raise formula of like three inning rotations is that it would die. Yep. Yep. I I also think MLB hates that more than anything because they think it just they think like honestly it is the slowest factors because you have to guys have to come into games, eight to ten warm up pitches, stuff like that. So I mean honestly the biggest issue I have with pitch clock is there's such a divide between like a TV experience and an in-stadium experience. Like I saw a video about this the other day and I thought it was so true. When you go to a baseball game, you don't plan a baseball game into your day. You literally just plan to go to a baseball game. And however long that shit takes, like you're there for, you're there for so the that's, experience. That's your day. Like when you're like, Oh, what are you doing today? I'm going to a baseball game. Like, yeah. Like that's like, it. Oh, that's I it. have an extra two hours in my day. I'm going to go run over to the race stadium. Like that's not mm-hmm. how that works. Yeah, exactly. But like on TV now, it's like, oh, I have time to like fit this two hour and 45 minute game there. But like from an in viewing standpoint, like before, like you would go to a game and all the downtime in between, like you could just like enjoy the environment, go walk concessions, like go do whatever. But like now there's like kind of that disconnect between like in person and obviously like beggars can't be choosers. Like, fuck it. If it speeds the game up and players are comfortable with it. I'm fine with that. Some I've stadiums heard... are they're starting to get upset because they're dying. Their concession numbers are plummeting. Oh yeah, and, you have and to... they're starting to. Because I'm pretty sure you used to only be able to drink on the seventh inning, but now they're allowed. Now some stadiums are opening uh, beers all the way to the end of the game because mm-hmm. they're just like, dude. We're... I don't remember the exact numbers, so I don't want to try to sound like a nerd or anything. But I'm pretty sure it was like millions of dollars were being lost. Like a lot of money was being lost. Yeah, because uh, before you know you could during a pitching change or in between innings, you could go grab concessions and you'd be fine. Now you go get concessions. You're missing a whole half, in, a whole half inning. Mm-hmm. And like, if your favorite pitcher is pitching or someone in the lineup, you want to see come up to bat. Like you don't want to miss that. So, I mean, pick and choose, I guess like it's not me. There are some other rules where not only just rules, but like stuff in the MLB, I'm not too fond of. Like, I don't think, there should be 162 games. I like the college format a lot better. Um, Drew, I think you guys play what, like 50 some games throughout the year? Maybe around 60. Yeah, around 60. I I think MLB should be the exact same way. I don't understand why 162 games is necessary other than like fulfilling stats for contracts. They'll never, um, yeah, but Zach, I, I completely agree with you. I think that there's you have to, if you cut it in half, you get a lot more casual sports fans who follow baseball. 
but also they're they're never going to change it because there's too much money being made with those extra games. Yeah, that I, that's I, just how it is. And, and at the end of the day, as much as I love talking sports, I love talking like why we love sports. Everything is ran by money. It does not yeah. matter about legacy. It doesn't matter about getting the attention. It all comes about money, and they know that if they cut their season in half, that's they're losing money in, in revenues. They're losing money in ticket sales. They're losing money in beers. They're losing money in everything. They're just the TV sales, like everything they're losing money in. So, yeah. yeah. But it does suck when there's two teams that's like a little over halfway through the season and you know they're not going to make the playoffs. And then they're just like, no one on the team even gives a shit when they're playing and like on a Tuesday at 4 p.m. Yeah. The, the reason why I like kind of envisioned it is because the way college baseball does it, which is amazing, is you have your Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is your major series game, um, usually against conference opponents or other like top ranked teams in the country. And then you have your midweek games, like whether it just be Wednesday. I don't know if it's like usually just like a Wednesday, Thursday or Tuesday, Wednesday. It kind of switches up, varies if you do two game or one game sets. But the way I envision it is you play your own division on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You play, and then your midweek games, you're either playing non-divisional opponents or um, it's not division. Is it technically conferences in baseball? I don't think it's conferences. It's, it's just leagues, American League, National League. Yeah, you play another league. So like National League. I'm talking about yeah. college. Yeah, so if so, let's look at the race, for example. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they would only ever play the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Orioles, um, or the Red Sox. Out of there, uh, on your midweek games, you have a chance to play someone from the National League or you play someone from the AL Central and the AL West. And that's how I – but obviously, like, you're losing a lot of money from those out-of-conference games. Drew, I need your opinion on this because I've been trying to ask this to all the baseball players, and I want to know, how would you feel if they implemented robot, robot umps? What's your relationship with umpires? you like them? think they need to go? Honestly? I don't think I would really mind. Mm. I don't really think I would because a lot of times you get cheese. Especially a, a lot of the times, you know, for example, we literally played a game last night. I took mm. a pitch. It was inside. I knew it was inside. But it was one of those that's like it's close. Like close it could enough. be called a strike maybe. Like I wasn't upset about it because I was like, you know what, like whatever. Like it has been worse. But I knew it wasn't a strike, and I was like, that was, you know, it was a pretty good take. And then, but like with ro- like with the actual strike zone up there, like it would not be called a strike. Yeah. So I think for hitters, I think it would really help hitters. But pitching-wise, and then obviously some people's careers is literally based off of how you Framing. catch baseball behind the plate. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that would kind of screw them. But hitting-wise – it, I think it would help. But, I mean, there, it's kind of a two-way street with that, though, because if you think about it, we were talking about it today. Like, if, like, sometimes a catcher catches a ball, like, terribly, like, low in the zone, and you're like, no way, that's a strike. You're like, you just see it. Yeah. But it would be called a strike with the the strike zone thing. So, <laughs> I mean, I could probably deal with that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think I'd like it, honestly. I think you could argue both edges of the sword there. Um, You know, like – like you guys said, part of the game is adjusting to what the strike zone the ump makes. But also, I feel like it'd be more professional and more like th- there'd be less room for fucking up <clears throat> if there was that automated strike zone. Um, I also think, and Zach and I talked about this the other day, I think umpires in baseball have the most power out of any other kind of referee or rule enforcer in any other sport. 
and I'm I'm very anti ump. I hate I hate the umps. I think they I think a lot of them ruin the sport. Listen, I know there's great umps too. I'm not saying all umps suck, but like I'm so tired of seeing video after video or like hearing a story after story about umps just like getting like power hungry, like doing stupid shit. And I feel like this would humble it and it would like kind of ease it down a little bit too if he's completely got rid of behind you know the ump calling the, the pitches. Um that's just my personal opinion. I don't play baseball. I'm just a fan and, and an advocate of the game. I do think it'd be better overall. And I also think it'd be like the pitch clock. I think it would take some time to adjust. Um, but I just I think we need to try to do what we can to get the game out of umpire's hands as much as possible. In my personal opinion. That's I that's what I think. Yeah, I think definitely behind the plate, at least. I think there needs to still be like base umpires because there's no way to Yeah, well you, know, you can have robots, keep but... an umpire behind the base, behind home plate, and he just calls like, you know, everything else. He just doesn't call the pitches. Yeah, yeah. I, my only yeah, I mean, I think I think there should be a robot. That's my final take, probably. Yeah, I feel like another thing I have a problem with is just the ejections. I've seen so many kids yeah, get ejected oh in college God, for like ejections. getting hyped, like just getting hyped up over like home runs. You see the like, UF kid uh, the other day last week? Yeah, I got hyped up over striking a kid out, and they tossed him. By the way, Caglione proceeding to hit a bomb and then just not celebrating yeah, was the best just... thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With that being said. Dude, the thing is, it's like, look, I understand if a kid's being an asshole. This kid, it's Florida, Georgia. So it is a extremely large rivalry. Like not in just baseball, like in college athletics. It's one of the Eight. biggest yeah. Yeah, it's one of the biggest rivalries in college sports. He gets a huge strikeout and then all he does is flex and scream at the dugout. He doesn't say anything inappropriate. He doesn't do anything inappropriate with his hands. And then he walks straight back to his dugout and they throw him out. Like, that, like what isn't the whole reason you guys started playing baseball is because it was fun and you loved it. So now you're going to get rid of the fun part. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like, like he's not doing anything disrespectful. He's in the moment. Like that's a huge moment that kid's going to remember for the rest of his life. And you should take that from him. The other one was in um spring training with the Cardinals. Oh no, the Phillies. And the catcher's waiting for the ump to drop the ball, and he doesn't drop it. So oh, real Muto, yeah. And then he drops it, and he throws him out. It's like, bro, what? Like, it's yeah. just – they have too much power. And then they get no repercussions. It's not like they make a bad call like that, and then they get fined, or, like, they don't – they can't ump. Nothing happens. It's like, oh, they're the ump. Yeah. No, another thing about that is with college, at least. When you get ejected, you have to miss the next, the next – at least miss the next game, oh, no matter really? what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I mean, that – I think that's a bad – I think it's a bad rule. Like, I mean, you shouldn't be getting thrown out anyways, but, like, that's kind of a tough one because, you know, it's kind of the heat of the moment thing and who knows what might happen type of thing. But I don't yeah. think it's as big of a deal as having to miss the next game, though. Like, happens, done with, whatever. That's all it yeah. should be. I mean – And also your your head coach gets thrown out with you, I believe. Wait, really? Nine times out of ten. Yeah, because – And does he have to miss the next game too? Yeah, because I remember last year we had a kid on the team get thrown out, like second game of the year, and then when he got tossed, our coach just walked in the dugout and left because he I, he was forced to. Yeah. yeah, most of the time they get thrown out anyway, though, just because as a manager you have this expectation of having your players backs, so like you can't let your guy hang out there to drive. So you're even if your guy's wrong nine times out of ten, you're going to go out there and have his back and probably get ended up tossed with him. Um, mm-hmm. I think another thing with college baseball is 
um, very rarely are you allowed to appeal suspensions. Like you get ejected, like it's fine print, like you're gone, buddy. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that pitcher for Florida got four games. Yeah, four games. See ya. For just going. Like, ah. Yep. All because an umpire. Well, it, like, it might be. It might be more than one game. I think. I think it's. I thought it was the next think, series. I think it might actually just be like three games or something. Yeah, I thought it was the next series or at least the rest of the series in your midweek. Like that base, like, ah, uh, dude, it, it's so hard. That's why, like, you have to be so in control of your emotions playing baseball, but it's also the hardest thing in the world because, like, we're built on failure. Like, you're going to get out seven out of ten times unless even if you're great, you're going to get out seven out of ten times. So, you know, especially if umpires aren't calling pitches your way and you're getting screwed over by so many other things that aren't in your control. Like it's kind of hard to be like mentally sound 60 games a year. Like it's hard for people to expect someone to hold their ground that much, especially as from an amateur athlete standpoint, like you're not getting paid like ridiculous amount of money to do this weekend week out. And even the professionals get thrown out of games constantly. Um, but I know we're coming short on time here. So I want to ask you, I know you yourself, you're familiar with the home run ball. You like hitting bombs. We all know it's part of your game. Give me your top three fields. Could be MLB, could be overseas, could be anywhere, just like Tokyo Dome. Give me your top three or top five fields you would love to hit a home run at. Hmm, I think Fenway would be pretty cool. Hit over the monster. Um St. Louis, just because, you know, I've been there a million times. Uh, I think, like, a lot of the older ones, I think it would be cool to say you hit one at Wrigley. Yeah, even, like, some of the – even the some fields that are torn down, like, do you think think you'd, like, chase uh, a bomb at Polo Grounds or (laughs) Shea Stadium or anything like that? If I hit one one there, I don't (laughs) – I don't know who's hitting one there, but, I mean, yeah, if I could hit one out dead center, I'd take that. But, uh – uh, let me think of another one. Probably, uh, I think saying you could you hit one out of Yankee Stadium would be pretty cool. You think you'd go short just because the Yankees launch it? I think it'd be cooler to just go dead center. Yeah, launch it in a monument. Right in the monument. Yeah, my the one I always liked the most, just because it's higher altitude, is Colorado. Like I, how they have oh, that I didn't whole, think like, about that one. Yeah, like how yeah, they have that. That like, would probably be better than most of the ones that I said. You really get one, just see how far it would go. Yeah, I mean, they, did the Rockies have like the mountains behind their stadium and stuff? Uh, I mean, it's in Denver, so yeah, actually, probably. I don't think the mountains are viewable because I think it's more so in the city. But one of the coolest baseball atmospheres you, you could ever be to is say? Air Force. Air Force literally has the Colorado mountain line in center field, so like you literally see the mount, the Colorado Rockies, or yeah, the mountain range, like right beyond center, like it's. They have the yeah, best and BYU's too. I, I just saw TikTok on BYU's. It's sick. Yeah, they're what they do well. Um, honestly, like a lot of stadiums do really well is they make scenery a big part of building their stadiums. Now, a lot of stadiums, what they do, which I fucking hate, is you get to like the sixth and seventh inning of like a 4 p.m. game, and it's either A, the sun is right in your eyes as an outfielder, and you can't see shit. Or you're a batter and the sun is just offset to where like there's a shadow casting right after the mound. So the dude literally lets his ball go in sunlight and then it's just into a shadow and then you're you're fucked. Like, good luck, buddy. Like, I don't yeah, know. I had a, we had the, I had to deal with that last night. <laughs> Brutal. What 
where was that at? So the UNCW. Oh, there was like what? a there was like the 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 pitcher was like in light and then it was shadow over over the uh, box and it was I don't know if it had anything to do with it but we didn't see the ball too well for a while until it was basically dark. Yeah, because um, that was one of the build big things when we built our high school facility. Is our coach had the would have the exact like knowing of where the sun rise and fell on the field, so you would never have an issue with shadows. The sun would never play into your eyes. Like you would never. Why wouldn't they just build the stadium north to south? Because baseball is built on money and they will just buy a property and then just do what's best for like parking or like best advantageous for like senior. Like they don't give a shit about like like, actually playing the game. Yeah. Like the reason why people don't like Oakland so much is because when they play their midday games, the sun is literally directly overhead. Like there's not, there's no shadows casted. So if you had a pop flyer or fly ball in Oakland, you're blind. Like there, there is no seeing the baseball there. Like that's why they probably have like so many more drop balls I've seen than any other team. Um, that brings me to my last point because I know some players are stricken on this. I know some players don't give a shit. Drew, do you like playing on turf? Artificial feels better, or do you think that clay and grass just plays a little more nicer? Uh, well, most of this year we played on turf, but honestly, like a really. I'd rather play on turf than like a, a shitty like natural field. But if it's a really nice natural field, I'd rather play on that. Yeah. I I'm the same way. I I just think the one thing I hate about turf fields outside of the heat, because sometimes if the heat's really bad, like it makes it even ten times hotter, is as a hitter, you will never get blessed by a bad hop. Like everything's too smooth. Like I like the I just like how on base, like I know in the professional environments, like they keep the field clean enough, but you know, you, you're always going to be able to read a hop on turf. Like you're not going to get like surprised by anything here or there, but at the same time as an outfielder, I like turf more. Cause if you gun the ball from the outfield, yeah, that, you skip it. Yeah. That ball would bless you on those long hops. So I always like that more, but I mean, I, another thing I hated was, running the bases because I, I was a big base healer. Turf burns hurt way more than clay burns, like 10 out of 10 times. How like, are you getting turf burns if you got pants on? Slide head first, buddy. Uh, yeah, I slide head first. Your arm. I'm, yeah, my forearms are getting torn the fuck up. And I'm if I'm stealing two, three bases a game, like I don't have skin on my like wrists and arms. Like you're just done. I Worst field I ever played at was University of South Florida during their off season because they didn't put – um extra clay down so they have concrete right below their surface so it was literally a concrete field and then an inch of clay and i remember i was wearing high i was wearing stirrups that game and i went to go steal the base and i slid feet first for some reason because i slid earlier in the game head first back into the bag and they had a you know how sometimes if it rains a lot if teams are cheap they'll put like cat litter down to like dampen it yeah so cat litter like shredded my arms so i was like oh, i'm gonna slide feet first slid on a straight patch of concrete and just took all the skin off my leg. And I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to play the rest. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to steal a base or get down sliding on this field ever again in my life. But sheesh, man, you do have bad memories. Outside of that, uh, Grayson, you have any more questions, man? Yeah, I got one more before we go because I got to get going to practice. Drew, if you, well, who would you say are your top five all-time favorite Cardinal players? Number one's got to be Pujols. Two, 
You don't say it, I'm gonna be mad, man. Is it is it a recent guy you're thinking of? Okay, yeah, this, this is his list, ways. not yours, Zach. This is his list. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm I trying to. All right, I'll just I'll just let you know mine. Maybe maybe he'll be on there. Maybe not. Uh, Pujols one. Um, I really liked. Uh, well, God dang, I mean Arenado. You gotta love Arenado. Okay, fair enough. Um. Goldie, I love watching Goldie. So, uh, Lance Lance Berkman is kind of a weird one, but I always he was only Ooh. there for like two or three years, but he That's... was a freaking stud, dude. Oh, I can yeah. name about ten of them that are about the same, but uh, Matt Holiday, like Matt Holiday, nice. yeah, yeah. So you, Wayno, actually, probably Wayno, Wayno over Holiday to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, mine would have been. Pujols definitely number one. He just embodies. Um, he's an all time goat. Yeah, he's just all time. Um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Big Mac lands and left, so you got to got Mark McGuire up there just because, like. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd go on for days. I was just thinking of guys that I have actually <laughs> really yeah. remember. Yeah, McGuire. Uh, I'm gonna have Yachty or Molina up there just because if I think of a St. Louis Cardinal, I'm gonna put Yachty. And then the one guy I wanted you to mention just because. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. David Freeze. No, I'm thinking of. Um, David oh, Freeze. Shit, yeah. David, David Freeze had the most legendary World Series stretch of games I've ever seen. Um, and that call, that game where he hit that double or that triple off the wall over Nelson Cruz and then hit the home run in extra innings, like that will forever cement him as like one of my favorite. Um, Ball players. I'm trying to think of that 07 World Series where they played the Red Sox. Or no, that was, was that Colorado? I think 07 was Colorado. 04. 06. Oh, oh, yeah. 04 was uh, Red Sox. Yeah. 04 was Red Sox Cardinals. I'm trying to remember. Or no. Like maybe. Scott Rowland, David Eckstein. Oh, dude. Scott. See, Ooh. I remember Scott. I used to have a jersey of this guy. Jim Edmonds. I can't remember his name. Mm. Are we forgetting Ozzy? Did we really leave off Ozzy, the wizard? There's one you guys are forgetting that I can't remember his fucking name. Stand the man. Stand, Stand the man. Usual. Uh, freaking Carlos Beltran for a while. I that's Carlos. who it is. I had a Carlos. That's who it was. Yeah, Beltran. That's whose jersey I had. Yeah. That's whose um, jersey I used to have. I stole it from my buddy, and then like. All these baseball kids would ask me about him, and I didn't know who the fuck he was. So I started researching him, and I was like, "Dude, this guy's a dog." Oh, uh, yeah. There was actually some shit about the Cardinals today. Uh, Madison Bumgarner and uh, Wilson Contreras were getting into it, but Mad Bum's wash, Mad Bum's wash. So unfortunate <laughs> is where it is. Right, but uh, Zach, any last words? No, I mean, always good to sit down with a fellow with a fellow uh, West Palm Beach Knights, yeah, native. So. <laughs> Right. Always good to get you on, man. Um, you got any? Uh, you got any last words? No, it's been it's been a pleasure being on here. At the time. Yeah, Thanks hopefully we'll on, start man. the. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll start the uh, clocks on the stove. Good luck charm. Where uh, go hit a bomb your next game, and then when they ask you how you're able to do that, just say, "Oh, well, I had an interview this week with clocks on the stove." And then every so, freaking. Hey, this is what I needed. D one. I, I actually just hands. got off. Uh, I actually just got off like the, the injured list about. A week ago, I was hurt for about a month. I messed up my oblique, so oh, damn. I've only I played 
two games since I've been hurt now mm-hmm. in this past week, and maybe that's why I need to get me get me going. Was this podcast or this yeah. uh, little thing right here? Uh, oh yeah, get back, lock in, hit yourself a bomb, and shot a clocks on the stove. How about that? <laughs> I got you. Oh, 